Hello, this is Friday Morning Meeting with me, Emma Wright, from the Emma Press. And me, Jamie McGarry, from Valley Press. And we're here to talk about publishing. And and we're thinking this is going to be a, a sort of uh, Christmas special, uh, aren't we? Yes. Uh, because yeah. we're going to have a little bit of time off. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I know we've only just started. <laughs> <laughs> well, I counted forward in the diary, and I thought, well, if we if we carried on with our one every two weeks, and the next one would be on the twenty second of December, which feels very close to Christmas, and by that yeah. point we'll really have wound down. So yeah, that's we'll call it. Call this one the last one of the year, and then we'll kick off again on the 5th of January. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Maybe we'll do some New Year's resolutions on the 5th of January. But um, uh, yeah, but for now, um, I I can't imagine people listening to this on Christmas Day, like after the Queen's speech. (laughs) Well, that's Her Majesty then. Shall we see what Jamie and Emma have got to say? (laughs) I'd like it if we we got to that stage where people are kind of baying for the next installation, even across Christmas Day. Um, but, But for now, and I thought... Considering you're going to be editing this kind of in, over the next week or so, you don't want to be doing that in the run-up to Christmas. You'll be doing all sorts of decorations and, I don't know, stewing of fruit or, I don't know, Christmas, Christmas things. <laughs> yeah, maybe. As soon as it switched over to December, it feels like my brain has left the country. Yeah. Like, I got into the office on Monday and just a note, dear Jamie... Uh, I've left for um, December, which I think you'll find is, I think you'll agree is reasonable. Uh, <laughs> see you see you around January 3rd. Best regards, your brain. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, the temptation is definitely to start winding down, I don't know, in the second half of November. And I, because I have my birthday right at the end of November, I always feel that like that's that's the, the true beginning of the Christmassy season. Um, yeah, it's the, it's the end of the season of the momentous birth. so i I was doing a plan a while back so i have this um master plan spreadsheet which i kind of use to shape kind of show my workings of when i'm going to publish various books and you know try to make plans as far ahead as possible and a few months ago i went through and, and grayed out july through to september and december kind of as a warning to myself never to publish anything during those times because I just don't feel like it. I'm never really, I don't know, I always, I feel very summery for quite a long period and then I feel very wintry. Yeah, the same thing happened to me in August, absolutely. July wasn't too bad, but August, again, it may as well have had the postcard yeah. from the brain. It's off down the street with a little suitcase. Um, but it's <laughs> out of the spinal cord or something, whatever it likes to take with a couple of sunglasses. But at the same time, th- then I went back through and I ungraded them out because I thought actually to keep cash flowing that if if I don't publish books over those months then I really don't make very many sales at all and that is what happened this year so and I think I I probably needed a rest and that was okay but in future years I I guess I need to work out how to publish things during the fallow months when I feel like I just want a holiday. Well that's interesting I've been through both things I've said oh I can't do any books in August everyone will be away and I've also um, done it the other way where I thought I can't produce any but I think you I think possibly your production will go down, but you can yeah. still bring some out. Um, I had some out in August, which I completed earlier in the year this year. And how did they go? Did anyone, did people respond? So I just noticed that social media engagement goes really down in August and it just really de-incentivizes me to, to do anything. Well, every book is um, unique, so I can't, it's hard to judge 
those books against other books. Yeah. yeah if you know what I mean, yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, it was all fine. Well, my, my ghost of Christmas past um, <laughs> was... Uh, it was an old CV I found. This was actually in the last half hour while I was while we were thinking about what we we're going to say on the podcast. I've uh, I found an old an old CV from 2010, oh. and uh, innocently I read through it and um, I thought, oh, wow, wow, brilliant! Did I really achieve all that? Well, wow, did I really have all that experience? And I actually, <laughs> I mean, this is going to sound big-headed, but bear with me. So I read through. It was only two A4 sites because why go on? I've said everything. <laughs> I've never written a CV longer than two A4 sites. Um, so I read through and I thought this was brilliant. But then I remembered that this was the one that failed to get me a job. Oh, um, yeah. When my full-time profession was applying for jobs for about six months. Uh, so no one else, and I, I tweaked it based on feedback, but no one else liked this CV, more or less. I got a few interviews, but... Did you ever get any feedback on it? Did anyone ever, I don't know, say why they'd not they'd not be impressed by it? Well, I had some cosmetic feedback, especially from like careers type people or the job centre. But okay. nothing, nothing shocking. I mean, it just it just said quite succinctly everything I'd done up to that point. Yes. Yeah, but what this, what this brings me on to was a fear I've had. And um, it's funny that when I when we talked about the Christmas Carol, all three things I thought of were almost like fear-based things, and I've always oh, found it quite okay. a scary story. I mean, it's scary, isn't it? It's it's not a horror, but it's a scary story. Well, yeah, it's it's something you don't really expect when you you go to school, and I guess either you go to university or you start looking for jobs straight away. You, I don't know if you'd necessarily expect to have to be met with kind of absolute rejection um and obviously that's a lot of people's realities so but that's not even the fear thing this is it are you ready for this okay this brings me back to a a deeply held deeply felt fear i've had which is that the things i think are good are actually terrible as in my perception of what is excellent has no relationship to the rest of the world okay and have you ever felt that um no, I think I probably have the opposite, where, where I think the rest of the world is wrong. <laughs> My perception of what's great is absolutely Oh, yeah, yeah, Th- that still right. might be... Oh, no, now that's different, because I, I, I think that, that could equally be correct. That, But it's it's not so much that I'm wrong. It's it, Obviously, the rest of the world was wrong about my CV. And, <laughs> but it's that they think differently. So the thing... This is a better way to put it. The things that I think are excellent, the world doesn't agree with. They don't agree with me. That's the, maybe they're wrong, and maybe they're wrong not to have bought ten thousand copies of the Dead Snail Diaries, for example, <laughs> to name just one book. So, but what's your what's your evidence for this? Is, is this just a general fear you have, or have things happened that have made you kind of strengthen your your belief in this? Uh, well, it's it's I don't know. Maybe I mean, on some level, no amount of success is going to remove this fear that the rest of the world doesn't doesn't have the same ideas as me about what's good um but also it's that i mean we haven't really i mean over at valley press we've produced some wonderful books and and sold them but we haven't really troubled the literary awards let's say yeah um, you know things like uh and you've you've had a couple of uh, pamphlet nods and so on from the pbs and uh well if you got michael marks what else have you got yeah, i mean you we could fill the whole podcast when you recited <laughs> not really your, i think we've had one poetry book society <laughs> pamphlet choice uh, that was stephen sexton's oils and then you won the Excellent. michael marks award last year 
for poetry pamphlets. And then um, Kate Wakeling's Moon Juice won the Clipper, which is the um, Centre for Literacy and Primary Education's award for poetry books for children. And oh yeah, and, the, and then a Saboteur award for Jackie Zafra's If I Lay in My Back I Saw Nothing But Naked Women. I think that's that's it. It's it's kind of it's a small but um I'm proud of it because my books don't tend to be eligible for awards because I don't do collections, so there aren't that many awards that um mm. my books are even going to be um shortlisted for or nominated for. Um but I don't know. So, so my attitude towards awards has really developed since I don't know, since I started seeing people's submissions and having to respond to them. And I feel like that's really given me a, kind of a greater empathy for how it is just people. And that's kind of why it's... There's one of the other reasons why it's called the Emma Press, is to say it's just me, Emma, and then I mentioned be other people too, but it's just me, Emma, replying to something. And I think when you're worried about not getting shortlisted even for awards or winning them I think the temptation is really to think oh it's the grand high arbiter of all that's good in literature but really it's just it's just like Liz and Terry and James and things you know it's just like it's just people (laughs) it's just people who have to argue in a room about uh I don't know what's what they like but also what will look good for the prize and I know who's who's deserving because they've been shortlisted a few times who's the flavor of the month there's so many other factors that even if they were trying to be I don't know objective and say this is the best book of the year they just they just couldn't possibly because it's just it's so so subjective and it's just about individual people like does does that not make you feel better or does it make you feel worse in some way uh, well, it's still the it's still the the original. It makes me feel better. I mean, I don't really stay up the night worrying about awards because um, they don't. I, 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 from anecdotally, I've heard they don't particularly have a transformative effect on your fortunes. No, not um, at all. But um, it doesn't shake the thing about the people. There's something that you like. One of your um, one of your one of my darlings. Or a book I'm particularly fond of. That I think is the best thing anyone's ever written and yeah. i feel like that about almost all the books at one point or another in their life yeah um, usually the beginning um and then you just imagine someone else going <laughs> <laughs> no thank you and just sweeping it off their desk into the pile but it's not logical but there you are yeah yeah no i, I do understand i think however much you know that it's just people making decisions based on various factors when you're working, when you're running your own business and you're kind of fairly isolated, you just kind of, you just do want that affirmation. You want, you do want there to be a grandpa who will say you are good. Yeah, affirmation is an important thing, it's an important service that we offer as publishers. Yes. Um, when I, uh, when I ask, when I do a talk to um, any kind of writers or creative writing students, I say by saying, first of all, I say, what is a publisher? And I say, well, why would you want to be published? And none of them go, oh, for the fame and fortune, please, Mr. McGarry. I've got my eye on a new Lamborghini. Um, they all say, just to, so I know... this. What, what was the word you used a minute ago? Affirmation? Affirmation, so, yeah. Yeah. So someone else saying, it must be good because this person who had lots of books to choose from chose mine. So it must be good. Yeah. Um, and to be told, you are yes, good. this was one of the best like things we saw. something a lot of us are just working towards all the time. Um, but in order to be happy, I don't know, you have to try and, I don't know, 
you have to kind of devalue that that desire you have to kind of know it in yourself because in a way no one's I don't know people will tell you you're good every now and then but you don't have it all the time and also again you, you could I don't know if you've got my kind of mindset you can then talk yourself out of taking any positivity from it by thinking well they're just one person like ultimately I kind of I guess really really I want kind of don't know like a hand of the, of God to come down from the sky and point at me and say you're great um, because that will never well happen done. well <laughs> done Emma you are nailing life this is exactly what I wanted yeah. when I it's created not so life much, it's not like um, it's not like a, a finger it's a thumbs up and it's a giant yes, thumbs exactly. up from the cloud uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice um, one <laughs> yeah maybe that's why subconsciously so this week I, I've kept accidentally sending Jamie massive thumbs up through Facebook Messenger just because it's quite yeah weird. I was going to mention that it's always, and it's always after really like tragic stuff it, 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 one example which didn't happen would be like oh um, like oh oh my pet hamsters um, passed away or something and you'd be like giant thumbs up it's just so, so completely inappropriate I've got a new phone I'm not quite used to it yet <laughs> it's just because it's so between, big as well yeah I keep trying to switch, switch between um, applications and then yeah <laughs> I really insensitive by accident so what do you reckon ghosts of no it's not ghosts Christmas f- present um what's what's they're all ghosts aren't they or the three spirits <laughs> yeah okay what's what's your christmas present specter well actually i've already talked about it it's the thing i was saying about it's shocking how little is done in december and, and august i do have this thing um where the it seems like the brain has left me i've always felt like that but it was actually been observed now by some of my uh, staff now i've got people actually watching <laughs> me during working hours um, yes in fact, I think one of them said during August, "Just you, you, haven't, you haven't achieved anything this month." And I was like, "I know." There's <laughs> lots wow. of long, long, sleepy meetings. Going, yeah, 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 we'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> Is that not crushing to have your staff just observe that you've checked out, uh, contributing nothing to your company during a whole month? Um. Uh, well, it's it's good to know that they're honest, isn't it? Yeah, that is good. It's good to know they're not all um, um, boot polishing. Um, what's yes, the ma'am. sick of pants? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah sick of pants. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sure you've done lots of excellent stuff, <laughs> Mr. McGarry. Uh, bowing, and, <laughs> bowing and scraping out the door backwards. A fine day sitting at the desk going on BuzzFeed. Good job. <laughs> yeah. I think there was one day where all I did was chase down some money I was owed by the Singapore... This was the day it was said, actually. I spent a whole day chasing down some money I was owed by the Singapore tax authorities for four <laughs> e-books I'd sold uh, four months ago. And eventually it turned out it was going to be like four quid. <laughs> but I had to fill out like 15 long forms and so on. Everyone was getting involved. <laughs> but the other thing I'd say about Christmas presents is I feel kind of conflicted about being commercial and... So obviously, like, we need to make money and it allows us to do good things and to give affirmation and uh, to, to just to live. Um, but at the same time, I don't really like being advertised to. And I think it is problematic kind of just, just encouraging people to buy things because that's not... I don't know. You don't have to buy things to be happy. Uh, so... So it just feels like a, a weird time, especially Christmas, because obviously the first thing is got to make the most of Christmas, got to make the most of a gift giving season. This is the one time of the year when kind of 
all of all commercial businesses are trying to get are kind of clubbing together to create an atmosphere of, of buying of making a buying frenzy, frenzy. Buying. yeah so yeah. so it's that's helpful for us because we can kind of hop aboard that but at the same time i think do i want people to buy <laughs> all, all aboard the capitalism express <laughs> yes and until it gets nationalized <laughs> confusing too many metaphors <laughs> um yeah so and yeah so when i'm thinking about doing sponsored posts on facebook or twitter and yeah i guess I, f- I feel uncomfortable about it, but then I don't know. There's there's not really an alternative. Well, right right now, I guess I could just get a job elsewhere, but then I'd still be contributing to something else's, or I could, I don't know, train as a doctor or something. But ultimately, I I like doing what I'm doing, but sometimes I feel weird about the fact that I'm trying to make people buy things because I don't like being made to feel like I need to buy things. Yeah, well, I definitely, I absolutely sympathise with this, and I think many of our, um, many of our listeners who are um, responsible for selling products will will as well. We've got a new um, social media person at Valley Press at mm-hmm. the moment, um, and they have done some fantastic work. And every day it seems like I'm stopped on the street by someone going, "Oh, I love the Valley Press um, Twitter now! It's so much more exciting overnight." Like, <laughs> um, That's uh, good. So doing a great job. Everyone agrees they're doing a great job, but. There is a lot of, because I asked them to, there is a lot of, remember to buy some books. You're buying books, aren't you? Remember, we sell books. Yeah. Remember to give us money. Don't forget to give us money today. Although we're giving stuff away as well. But there's every time I see a post like that that says, go here and buy things, I, it makes me go, <laughs> 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 Which is <laughs> like, weird, like because that's, that's kind of our jobs. And we're, we are doing lots of things other than making money, but ultimately we can't do anything unless money comes in. So... It feels like we shouldn't be uneasy about it. Well, that's why I've uh, that's why I've um, sort of let, got someone else to do it. That's why I can't do it myself. Yeah, I think that's definitely a good. A good the only thing I can do with social media is sort of like um, sort of slightly witty, sarcastic quips. Or, <laughs> Which um, or... I'd imagine that would have the opposite <laughs> effects of making people want to buy books. Yeah, yeah. I'd never in, all, in the years I was running Twitter, there was never anything about buying books. It was yeah. like. I'm doing this today, or, oh, so-and-so said this, isn't that funny? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing, um, so I thought about this more, I guess, over this weekend when I was doing the the Etsy fair, and I I always experiment with things, because I think I really, I find it very uncomfortable when I go into shops and and the shop assistant will instantly say, can I help you? Because, I don't know, when I'm out and about, I'm mostly want to be left alone and just to kind of look at things as I normally have an idea of what I want so I don't want to be that person when people come by my table but at the same time you very quickly realize when you're at a craft fair that if you don't say hello to people then it's very easy for them to move on and you kind of whereas if you kind of keep them talking for just a little bit then they're more likely to I don't know stick around pick up a book have a look, flick through and maybe be convinced because the easiest thing when you're going around a craft fair or around a shop is just to kind of whiz by and it's only the most eye-catching stuff that you'll stop for but with books that's kind of you kind of do need to open them up and read them so I don't know you, ha- you have to develop strategies to make people stop and ling- linger a bit whether that's just by chatting this to could them. be an interesting this could be an interesting topic behind the table etiquette yes um, that is that is difficult best practice now laura that's my wife uh mrs mcgarry we'll call it she because uh, <laughs> that's her name she uh, she thinks that i am awful at cross table etiquette really 
really? see me in action. Yes, you see me in action and she thinks it's diabolical. But she's got quite a good technique. I've, when we've done book fairs together, this is before uh, little little Master McGarry came along, <laughs> but um, she had quite a good thing. She'd sort of, I don't know what it was, but she'd make people feel at ease. And often, like if I went away for lunch, mm-hmm. I'd come back half an hour later and find the table surrounded by people reading the books. But then I'd go up to them and I just couldn't help myself. I'd be like, enjoying that one I was, uh, <laughs> or excellent choice there, madam. And they'd all run away as, 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 <laughs> as I approached the table. They'd all scurrying off. And Laura would go, Jamie, <laughs> don't, just go away. Go and look at the stores or something. Yeah, I think um, sometimes when you want something too much, then it just kind of yes. it comes off you in waves and people respond can, badly what you, what to you, it. The, the phrase you're looking for is they can smell the desperation. <laughs> uh, when, I, when I sit opposite that chair and someone comes over to pick up a book, can you just imagine my face beaming at them? <laughs> just smiling. There's a bit of sweat drips down by the glasses. <laughs> well, I found that at the, on, on Sunday at the fair, um, it was pretty slow. So it'd been okay on the Saturday. On the Sunday, I think I'd sold kind of two books in the morning and then nothing. And then in the last couple of hours, I had to go and do my own Christmas shopping because there was lots of interesting stuff there. So I, I just basically left uh, my boyfriend Richard at the at the table. Um, and when I came back, he'd he'd sold a whole bunch of books, and I was kind of slightly I was astonished because <laughs> I, I thought maybe I was the main attraction. I thought, oh, I, people <laughs> won't come to the store unless they see Emma of the Emma Press there. Uh, but it's good to get kind of. <laughs> kind of reminders you imagine everyone coming up going where's emma you're not emma where's emma (laughs) yeah maybe i guess maybe it's more obvious that i'm emma i I get like i do wear a badge that says hello my name is emma so it's it's pretty clear that i'm emma and maybe it's too much you know to to be looking at someone's produce right in front of them and that kind of Mm. adds extra pressure whereas when there's someone there who i don't know you know, it looks slightly grumpy about having been abandoned there for a couple of hours. <laughs> then there's something, there's something less less expectation there because they're just kind of obviously like hanging on in there. Um, yeah. If there's some bored interns out there going, yeah, yeah, yeah buy them or not, <laughs> I get paid either way. Yeah, and also I do think Richard's slightly better at selling my things than me because I always feel a bit uncomfortable. I do say all oh, these are beautiful books, but also I'm aware that I did design most of them and that feels a bit up myself. Whereas Maybe it's that slight disconnect that helps because although Laura yeah. and Richard are incentivized to um, sell some books, they they haven't quite got their blood and sweat into them, unless it's unless it's Richard's written that particular book. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, do you see what I mean? Yes, I do see that. Yeah, so I guess delegation is good, and we can talk more about our paths towards delegation in a future episode too. I feel like we should get on to the ghosts of Christmas future, but yeah, let's nail future, okay. the scariest one, and then um, call it call it a job well done for the twenty seventeen. <laughs> Maybe you should go first. I'm not. Sh- I'm still not sure what my future thing would be. Okay, well. I was thinking about it's it's the question of where does it all end, and there's um, and this happened earlier today because uh, I was looking at the latest articles from the bookseller. Yeah, uh, you know, essential uh, reading. Didn't it? Didn't yes. God bless you, uh, bookseller. Thank you so much for <laughs> the article. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, there was there was two. There was one about the um, ugly demise of uh, freight books. Um, and you, you're free to look these articles up. I'm not going to read them out now. Um, but it just seemed like, I mean, a lot of words are written. I ended up reading two long articles about it, about probably about 4,000 words. And it was it really, it's just a terrible situation because they've, they've come to the end of their 
for whatever reason, they've come to the end of their publishing life as a company. And it's the unwilling exit where you owe everyone money and tempers flare and it's just a horrible stew of negativity. It's certainly in the articles I read. Um, Are they th- kind of think pieces rather than press releases? They certainly weren't press releases. Okay. Um, no, there was, there was some of the some of the booksellers' valuable editorial co- uh, content uh, ah, okay. uh, available now. Um, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, it was just it was just it was news reporting. It was just news from various sources about how angry everyone was and just a very a very troubled time. And that's that could happen. That could definitely happen to me. Yeah. You just you, you just run up. You just run out of money. And what happens? The train comes off the rails. Cargo everywhere. Yeah. I'm thinking of freight again. I. <laughs> but it's um, and and that is that that does give me some sort of sleepless nights. But on the other hand, it could go a different way. There was also right next to it was a story about um Jessica Kingsley, and she after a, a wonderful 27 years in publishing, where she was able to say she grew her revenue every year, mm. um consistently. Uh, and in fact, I don't know, there was two stories because there was someone else. I, reading this led me into a chain of stories about people. And every time... Oh, yeah, and I think there was Summer, Summer's Dale as well, or Summer Scale, or whatever that is. So after 27 wonderful years, they had sold their sold their company, but in a nice way, where they'd sold a, a, a controlling stock in it to a bigger conglomerate. So it would remain the same company, but they now had lots of money and... They could basically go and do whatever they liked, and so that and and the company continued with the original staff, and um, and that's the dream, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, I guess it depends on what stage you you sell it. So, because I used to work at Orion Publishing Group, and there's a publishing group, which means it's made up of lots of different imprints, and it's basically where they bought up a lot of smaller publishers, and they still are. And then the what person... was the name of that fellow who started Orion? He's a he's an interesting oh, case. Oh yeah, yeah, um, Anthony Cheatham. That's the guy. I remember someone saying to me, "He's he's a guy who starts lots of publishing houses and then leaves and then starts more." Um, so yeah, like a like a progenitor of publishing houses. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, know too much about him, but I'd, started I'd, I'd like head to. Head of use <laughs> and yeah. maybe profile or something like that. Yeah, um, it's a Quirkus. Yeah, yeah, all, Quirkus. All, all manner of things. Is there's a yeah. whole series? Maybe seven. I think head of head of Zeus was his seventh one. So I think you might be if one of. If you're the... listening to this, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love a chat sometime. I'm, I'm, I really could do with a mentor around now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you could see that lots of other imprints had been bought up and then the, the person who ran them would stick around for a bit, but generally then they'd be ousted. So I think that is a thing that does happen. So it's not like you... Sometimes, I guess, they're bought up. Like, I think Lord Weidenfeld is still around. Or was... I don't know. <laughs> must must check. <laughs> but Lord Weidenfeld was uh, there for, the, for um, all the years after, after Weidenfeld and Nicholson was bought, but then other publishing imprints once they'd been absorbed then i don't know it, it doesn't get it's, it's not really economical it's not really efficient to keep the whole team so inevitably they kind of get chipped away until they're just kind of an imprint that no one really really remembers the maker the original creators of so well, they'll remember emma from the emma press <laughs> forever go who was, who was that who was that who was emma then <laughs> Well, you know, that's that is, is another reason I call it the Amma Press because I that's what I did. I I spent my time 
finding the files of these books that Orion owned, owned the rights of to get them made into e-books. So I was seeing all these old imprints, and some of them I thought, well, I've never even heard of this one, and yet it existed, and this was the original publisher of this book. So I was kind of digging through the remains of these old publishers where, yeah, they were just left on these card files, and that was the record of them. Maybe they're, they were online as well, but basically the general public won't remember them. So I guess I think that's... I I don't necessarily see imprints being bought out as a really jolly thing. But then I guess if you're you just want some money and not to have the responsibility of running the imprint, then it's probably a blessed relief. Well, these were happy stories. These yes. were all happy stories. Twenty seven years is a good long career, um, and they were going off to do all the things they never had the chance to do while they were publishing, which is just about everything. <laughs> they were going to live the rest of their lives. Um, so for me, it was a happy um, happy story. And uh, I'd like to think Valley Pre- the Valley Press name will always be around. Yes. We- and this is it, you see, this would be the, the ghost of Christmas future. It would show me um, one future where all the authors were crying. And I think we've probably <laughs> talked about this. All the authors are crying on steps. And um, little George dressed in, that's my son, little George dressed only in a potato um, a sack was going door to door selling um, dog-eared copies of, <laughs> yeah, uh, weeping. Wherever. Why did my father make such terrible decisions in his publishing yes. house? Yeah. I can't even read. Yeah. Or, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't even afford to any clothes beside this sack. That, that's that kind of thing. Um, so that's one. And then he'd say, um, but if you mend your ways, you could be like Jessica Kingsley, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would flash to her house where she's sipping a nice big glass of red wine, I, I hope. And. Um, and say and saying what a brilliant career what what great good i have done for the world and um, and now um at which speedboat shall i buy <laughs> <laughs> so sorry if you're listening uh, mrs <laughs> so i think before we wrap up we've we've had one actual question i thought maybe we could discuss that oh yeah let's do the question yeah yes so and we do encourage you to send in your questions uh you've got plenty of time before we record our next one next year um but if you'd like to email us at editor at the or jamie at valleypressuk.com then we'd be really nicely done really happy to see your uh, see your questions so the question we've had is on twitter from at sarah muhead who i actually know um and she says how do you think coding skills could make your jobs as indie publishers easier so this is quite well i guess the first thing to say is do you have any coding skills jamie um well maybe a few lingering ones i um because I tried all different avenues of media when I was younger. Like I would record an album one week and then the next week I'd design a website from scratch. And then the week after I'd be a flash animator. <laughs> and, and I just kept trying everything. And uh, at one point I did make some flash games at about 12. Hmm. Um, and uh, fairly simple things like um, you just had to... Well, yeah, we won't get into that. But uh, <laughs> um, so once upon a time... I had some good coding skills. Yeah, and did you used built... to code your own website? Yeah, the version the of... the f- uh, Until the current website. Well, so until January 2016, the Valley Press website was created by me. Um, but with a lot of help from, like, um, drag-and-drop software and, and so on. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like I was there with um, Notepad 
just pounding it out. <laughs> that, that didn't happen. But uh, yeah, so I, once upon a time I did, but the world of coding has moved on dramatically. Yeah. Um, and if I said to someone now, like, um, oh, I know a little bit about, oh, yeah, I know a little bit about coding. They'd say, what do you know? And I go, and I might say oh, HTML, CSS, all that. And they'd be like, what about Ruby? I'd be like, I don't know. Who is she? Never <laughs> 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 met, met the woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think you probably know a bit more than me. So I've, I don't really have proper coding skills, despite having given a talk at um, <laughs> a women in coding conference once. Um, but because my, my really? initial... Well, yes, yeah, so I was just trying to say yes to things and... <laughs> I thought I should challenge myself and get outside of my comfort zone. Um, but it was, I was talking about e- making ebooks. Um, mm. Yeah, so, so the kind of vague coding skills I have are just kind of, kind of tinkering around inside an ebook. So it's, again, it's just kind of HTML and CSS and kind of occasionally making yeah, yeah, changes. Yeah, I can, to I can, I can do that as well. I could. If I really, if you locked me in a room for a week and I had to, and I had to code an ebook from scratch to be let out, I think I could just about do it. Yeah. I think but again, I haven't done that for many years as well. From, I, from I definitely so. couldn't do that, but I can edit away. Like I can make small tweaks to ebooks. So when I'm making my ebooks, I'll you know, set up the InDesign file, and just at the end, you always have to do a few things just because it. I don't know. InDesign is not perfect for making ebooks. Um, but yeah, so so thinking about Sarah's question, I often think about if I had better coding skills. But the thing is, Sarah works for BiblioCloud, which is uh, what do you, what would the you say? first church of publishing coding. Really. <laughs> yes. Um, so I guess I, I think, oh, I wish I had coding skills so I could manage my royalty better or so I could um, have one source of truth for all of the metadata about my titles. But then instead of thinking I shall acquire coding skills, I think Emma Burns has already done it by starting BiblioCloud. Um, so I guess... I'd I'd re reinterpret yeah, the question. She's the goddess of coding and publishing. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess she well she started off with her publishing company Snowbooks and then thought about all the the many spreadsheets you have to use in order to keep track of everything and and then decides to build BiblioCloud and and all the big publishers they'll have their own versions. So just as I was leaving Orion, they were getting set up on Biblio, um, and I think there are various other kind of very expensive but very useful um, systems. So Orion used to have a proprietary system which had basically kept track of everything so you keep track of the production processes and so where every book is and when each process needs to be finished at and then you keep track of you know all sorts like the rights I guess as well so you kind of need you need some way of keeping track of all this and ideally it would be in one place but in reality it's usually just many folders many spreadsheets and just a lot of kind of quite messy of you know documents that have some of the information on each time so bibliocloud is meant to help with that um but i don't know if i if bibliocloud didn't exist i really don't know what i would do so i'm kind of i'm trying to get more into bibliocloud especially since i've started using freelancers so everyone's based in different parts of the country so it's kind of easier to have the one truth there so people can dip in and see where things are at rather than do a lot of emails um but do you ever think about getting better at coding or just learning learning ruby it's in the it's in the same box as learning the piano or learning to ski or 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 learning to fish for me 
it's something that like it'd be nice to do but when am i ever going to find time for it yeah and there are some people who say you should choose the five things you really want to do so for me it would be um publishing raising george um podcasting apparently <laughs> and just focus on just focus on those things and if, it, if it's below the fifth just cross it out because you'll never have time to get to it in your life so i don't think i'm ever going to get to be a coder but i really hope that george i'll be encouraging george to code at every turn huh. i'll be encouraging him to learn engineering and coding and maybe i can learn at the same time yeah i've seen some of my friends training their babies in coding kind of from two upwards when they're posting for photos on facebook <laughs> and i think that child's gonna take over the world um yeah I, I think out there if you're a publisher who who is really good at coding and i think maybe tom tom at pendant the margins can code so i see him posting about that too then you're at such a huge advantage i guess partly through being able to think about things like just the structure of the processes i think that's a huge advantage and then also being able to just do stuff so rather than having to wait for a grant to come through to pay someone else to do it or just having to kind of find a, a really clunky workaround you could just do it so and, th- and that's the thing about being an indie publisher is that you're you're pretty empowered already to to choose authors and to put books out there but you'd be even more empowered if you could cut out even more middlemen essentially um so mm. but I, I think i'm with you yeah definitely yeah yeah you, you, especially as a small a smaller company the more you know how to do yourself the better it'll be yes so what would we conclude if you've got time to learn things learn as much as you can that's what i would that's if i could go back as a ghost oh tying it all together <laughs> if i could go back as a, if i could go back as a ghost to my former self i'd say learn as much as you can now because once you actually start putting these things into practice, you won't have any time to learn because you'll you'll be on the treadmill. So, yeah, it's hard to pause. Although, but you, once but then you, you get do learn, you do learn things, but not 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 in such a holistic um, style. Thank you very much for uh, your time today, Emma, and um, hope you have a wonderful Christmas. <laughs> you too. And we look forward we look forward to hearing from all you um, lovely listeners. Um, Say something nice to wrap it up, Emma. You're good at that sort of thing. Um, we should probably quote Tiny Tim or something. What's it? No, I can't. Oh, think. Uh, and to all a good night or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll let me it. just throw open. Let me just throw open the windows of my mansion. Oh, you boy! What day is this? It's Christmas <laughs> podcast day. Excellent. Go to the shop and buy me the biggest possible microphone. <laughs> <laughs>